As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. 8.30 on Wednesday, October 10th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we'll hear from the state treasurer on Mississippi's second credit rating upgrade in a month. Find out how it could help save taxpayers money. Then, why Mississippi's Black Legislative Caucus is throwing its support behind a Democrat campaigning for U.S. Senate. And after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, Mississippi business leaders and lawmakers are challenging people to take advantage of an upcoming event focused on health and wellness. Plus, as the Jackson Program for Youth celebrates 50 years of service, we'll learn their plans for expanding across the state. That's all coming up. Mississippi's credit rating is improving, this after an upgrade from negative to stable with Moody's Investor Service. It's the second rating agency to make the upward revision on the state's general debt outlook. State Treasurer Lynn Fitch says all three of Mississippi's credit ratings are now strong and positive. She says state officials have been making efforts to meet economic challenges head on, such as putting money back into the rainy day fund and strengthening PERS funding policy. Currently, the state is rated by three rating agencies. That's Standard & Poor, Moody's, and Fitch. That's important because their rating determines how we go into the market and then the cost factor that we have, what it costs us to borrow money. So they are our rating agents that look at us on an annual basis and sometimes more. We've always had very strong ratings. We've always kept a double A. Uh, The last few months, uh, we have been in a negative uh, position. So Standard and Poor and Moody's have just taken us off uh, negative, and now we're on a positive, which is very strong. Fitch had already taken us off of a negative watch, so now all three rating agencies have us on a positive outlook. Why was Why was Mississippi on a negative? Well, for a number of factors. Certainly, we've been through the recession, but we had always uh, the the issue for economic uh, attainment, educational levels, uh, but they were looking for some very positive strides, and we have done that now in the last year to 18 months, and they've they've really credited us with conservative fiscal management and discipline. You know, just to name a few, in the last uh, few months, we've made changes to the PERS funding policy, which we did back in June. We have returned to the 2% set-aside in budgeting, which is is critical, and so putting money back into our rainy day fund. And what they have been so impressed with is they've seen us have these challenges as a state, but we faced them head on. We made some tough choices, and it's very positive. And so as we get ready to move into the, the next bond deal, which will come up in the fall, um, we're going to borrow about $350 million for transportation, capital improvements to our colleges, universities, community colleges, and more. 
but that means we'll be able to borrow at a much better interest rate because our our ratings are much better. More bang for our buck. More bang for our buck. And then we'll turn right around and we'll borrow an additional $300 million for transportation in December or January. And that, that came from the special session, which we so need to put some money into our roads and bridges. Uh, again, having a positive outlook from the three rating agencies is very strong and, again, helps us as we go to the market. How often do the rating agencies rate us? On an annual basis, they rate us annually. So we've made some very uh, strong moves in the last year, and they recognize that. That's why we, we've now all come off of the uh, negative outlook and we're back on stable outlook. But they rate at different times of the year because uh, Fitch upgraded us in last month and then Moody's this month? Well, we see them all at the same time. They just make their determinations at different times based on that, each rating agency. What does Mississippi have to do to maintain that positive rating? Well, in order to maintain, we'll continue to have to be making very strong conservative fiscal management choices. We have to be very disciplined in the way we utilize our monies, the way we expend our monies. And they can see that we're putting dollars into things that are very important, you know, be it our universities, our community colleges, economic development, and certainly also now into our roads and bridges because infrastructure is going to be very key as we move forward and we look for companies to grow or we ask businesses to come in here or we look at the education when you've got better roads and bridges to just change the whole quality of life. Treasurer Fitch, are there any other levels besides negative and stable? Uh, they keep us on the positive. Uh, what any and all states always uh, look to attain is to have a triple A rating. But I'll tell you, we have a very strong double A rating, and that's very good across our country to have that type of rating. Treasurer Fitch's office also looks to benefit Mississippians by reuniting them with their unclaimed property. They have a booth at the Mississippi State Fair. The state treasurer tells us why. Well, we're excited to be at the State Fair. Again, this is our sixth year to be there hosting the Unclaimed Property Booth. It is so important for us because we've helped the fairgoers initiate more than 7,300 claims. And since we've been there, we've been able to distribute just $11.2 million at the fair alone through those years. Uh, and remember, these, these dollars, this unclaimed property, is money that belongs to the citizens and businesses. And our job, to be very diligent, is to get it reunited with the, the money to the rightful owners. And we've just hit within, since I've been in office in 2012, we have distributed $90 million back to the rightful owner. So that's 50, 56% of all the money distributed since 1982. Have you heard of any um, jackpots, so to speak, at this year's fair? Have there been any big sums that have been returned? There have not been any big jackpots of yet, but I will say there have been a number of people um, that have found monies either themselves or their family or friends or businesses, and that has been very exciting. I was even down there at the booth yesterday myself, and again, to see so many people who thought they might not have money, but they actually did. And I always encourage people to continue to check on the website at treasurerlinfitch.com because we're always updating. We're always putting in new monies. Um, we feel like this is a great way to partner uh, with individuals, businesses. And then we're out in the communities now uh, in different areas, uh, towns, uh, counties, working with civic groups. Um, and so we're excited about trying to make the uh, monies back to the right owners. Where are you located at the fair? We are located in the Trademark Building. When you come into the main door, if you'll go to the left, we're right there at the very front. Treasurer Lynn Fitch, thanks so much for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
The Mississippi State Fair will end on Sunday, October 14th. Let us know what you think about a story or send us a news tip by visiting MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. Coming up, why Mississippi's Black Legislative Caucus is throwing its support behind a Democrat campaigning for U.S. Senate. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB Program Underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting. I'm an artist. I like to paint. I'm a chef. I like to cook. I like to eat. Join us for Palette to Palette, this season from northern Italy. Hey, I'm Robert St. John. Wyatt Waters. And this week on Palette to Palette, we are in Venice. I'll be painting a gondola. And I'm just going to eat. <laughs> so join us Thursday night on Palette to Palette, season three. See you there. Palette to Palette, Thursday at 7 on MPB Television. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. With the November election less than a month away, more lawmakers, officials, and civic groups are throwing their support behind candidates for office. Mississippi's Black Legislative Caucus announced it's endorsing the nation's former agriculture secretary for U.S. Senate. Democrat Mike Espy, an attorney, is running to finish the term of Senator Thad Cochran, who retired earlier this year. Representative Sonia Williams-Barnes of Gulfport discussed why the caucus is supporting, supporting Espy at a news conference. We stand here and support him because we know that he will have our voices heard in Washington, D.C. We know that he will get the support that is needed for our roads and bridges in our state in the many minority districts where we are now being overlooked. But with Mike, we can make this happen. We know he will address and speak out on the real-life impacts that tariffs and taxes have on working class and middle class and poor citizens in our state. Espy is running against Republican Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith and State Senator Chris McDaniel and Democrat Toby Barty. Hyde-Smith and McDaniel have also received endorsements recently. President Donald Trump shared his support for appointed Republican Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith during a rally in South Haven last week. She's always had my back. She's always had your back. And a vote for Cindy is a vote for me and make America great again. Hyde Smith was appointed by the governor to fill the seat until the November 6th election. Coming up after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, Mississippi business leaders and lawmakers are challenging people to take advantage of an upcoming event focused on health and wellness. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of pediatrics and internal medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. I have a relative who had kidney stones, my mother, in fact. Then I had a brother who had kidney stones, and I'm just wondering if that runs in the family a lot. Yeah, it can. And again, if you live in the South, if you're outside, everybody's at risk for kidney stones. But some families do have more than others. My sister has had kidney stones. I have a couple other family members. I have never, thankfully, had a kidney stone. Some people excrete through their kidneys, they filter out a little bit more calcium. So those families are a little bit more at risk for that. 
if you have a disorder that's causing increased amounts of calcium in your bloodstream, again, calcium's needed, but if you're getting too much of it, then that could put you at risk for kidney stones. There may be some other conditions where you have other stones. So, you know, there's struvite stones, there's uh, oxalic acid, there's all kinds of different kinds of things that your kidneys normally secrete that if, they, if they're if they secreting too much of it, it sort of overpowers the amount of urine, the amount of water. It's just like if you were dissolving salt or if you were dissolving sugar in a liquid in, in water. Eventually, if you pour too much of it in there, it'll come out of solution. And that's exactly what's happening in the urine is your body is excreting too much of it or you're not excreting enough water to keep up with that. For more health tips and medical information, listen to Southern Remedy each weekday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue. Hi, I'm Wills Cotrera, the IT guy around here, and I know firsthand that everybody needs a little help from time to time dealing with the fast-paced world of technology. Wilts, I couldn't agree more. I'm Jeremy Thompson, the computer doctor and phone surgeon. As the weekly host of Everyday Tech, it's our job to make it easier for you to keep up with the latest, greatest, or smallest technologies. The way it works is you give us a call and we'll give you some answers, hopefully Hopefully the the right right ones. That's Everyday Tech, this morning at 10 on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Annual studies consistently rank Mississippi at the bottom for overall health and wellness. State legislators and business leaders are working to change that outlook by promoting healthier living, by encouraging healthy habits, lifestyle changes, and support programs through employers. A state legislator is celebrating better health with the annual Shape Up at the Capitol event, along with the state worksite Wellness Committee and Mississippi Business Group on Health. Republican Senate President Pro Tempore Terry Burton of Newton says, or it tells MPB's Desiree Frazier how the program can help those who attend. Well, it can lead by example. We can have this event here in the public area at the Mississippi State Capitol, invite everybody to come and take part in it, learn about things that they might not be familiar with or have knowledge about in ways that they can make uh, their lifestyles a healthier lifestyle and then in turn uh, teach their children, teach their parents, whatever the case may be, to help make those changes as well. In the past, what kind of turnout have you got? We've had excellent turnout. We've had good turnout, particularly from state employees in the first couple of years. But in the last couple of years, we've had great turnout from some of the downtown businesses. And uh, we very much want them to be a part of this. In the long run, do you see this impacting um, overall health? Has it helped you? Oh, it has helped me. Uh, Two and a half years ago, I was 298 pounds and on the verge of diabetes and everything else. I got on the scales yesterday at 233. I mean, that's two and a half years, but I I changed the way I uh, consume food. I still eat the same foods, just change the way I eat it and how much I eat. But, yeah, it's absolutely helped me in making those decisions that hopefully will make me healthier and keep me around a little longer. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that's important about this issue? Because I know you can't do everything in one day. Can't do it all in one day, but what you can do is plant the seed and hope that that seed will turn into fruition and, and, and fruit down the line for the, the people who participate, their families, and their friends. 
Senator Terry Burton. Shape-up event activities will include diabetes screenings, medication therapy management, exercise demonstrations, a health fair, flu shots, and a blood drive. Murray Harbor is executive director of the Mississippi Business Group on Health. He tells our Desiree Fraser how health care costs impact businesses in the state. You know, part of health care costs is prevention. So the first part of prevention is awareness and activities that, that you can do. And what we're trying to do is bring the resources of Mississippi here to the state capitol so that any employers can come see who's out there that they can go access. If they want to stop smoking, they'll have a smoking cessation program. If they want to be physically active, there's all, many ways and think programs they can participate in. Healthy eating, they can look at the different food vendors or farmer, local farmers to do things. It's all about awareness and prevention, getting people to start the journey on health know, and know that they can move in that direction. Are there any incentives now for people to lose weight or to cut back on certain lifestyles that are negatively impacting their health? from a business perspective? Many employers have incentive programs within their health plans that give rewards to employees, whether it's through a premium discount or deductible uh, reduction throughout the year if they do certain healthy activities. Of course, they're voluntary programs that they can do, but many employers in Mississippi do that. We actually partner with the Mississippi Business Journal and the State Department of Health to do the Healthiest Workplace Awards for companies that show best practices. Do you have any stats on the health of workers in the state? There's a lot of employers that are starting to do best practices. A lot of them have rising health care costs due to chronic conditions. So when you look at the number of chronic conditions, the data that the Department of Health collects of the prevalence of chronic conditions in the state is what we utilize most often. So that's why employers are putting more resources, not just through their health plans, but as a company as a whole, to build a culture of health in their companies. Anything that I didn't ask you that's important when you're talking about health and wellness? I think it's important that you got both the public sector and the private sector promoting health and well-being to their employees and that they take it home to the families because it is a family activity for health improvement. Mississippi Business Group on Health Director Murray Harbor with MPB's Desiree Frazier. Shape Up at the Capitol takes place next Friday, October 19th from 1030 to 230. Coming up, as a Jackson program for youth celebrates 50 years of service, we'll learn their plans for expanding across the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Attention all educators. MPB has partnered with the Secretary of State's office to host this year's Promote the Vote initiative. Help your students learn important lessons about civic engagement while having fun in the classroom. This opportunity is for K-12 students across Mississippi. Get them engaged with a mock election, plus art and essay contests. For more information about Promote the Vote or to sign up your class or school, visit mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Jackson-based Operation Chew String is celebrating 50 years of service to Mississippi youth and families. The nonprofit organization provides year-round academic, social, and emotional support to elementary, middle, and high school children while supporting and providing resources to their families. With years of work in underserved communities, they say they're ready to branch out to serve youth across the state. Robert Langford tells us why and how the organization was started. 
It really was uh, inspired by the kind of challenging tumult and strife of uh, the mid-1960s America, and particularly um, in Mississippi. And, you know, the the immediate inspiration was actually the shooting of James Meredith uh, in 1966 when he marched from Memphis uh, to Jackson. Um, and uh, the NAACP asked pe- people in response to that um, event to meet in their own communities and figure out some uh, local responses to that, and some people who later were engaged with the supporting or with the establishment of our organization, Operation Shoestring, were at a meeting where um, one of the things that folks in our neighborhood, still our neighborhood, wanted was to create some safe spaces for kids because there had been, as happened across the South, there were a lot of public spaces that had been. Um, uh, pools have been drained and uh, fences built around parks uh, really uh, to keep black and white folks from from mixing. And what, that happened in our neighborhood right on Belly Avenue at J.C. Park. And the folks in the neighborhood wanted a place, a safe place for kids to play. So out of this meeting that, that happened in the summer of 1966, there were some playgrounds that were kind of built on vacant lots in the neighborhood. And that effort to create safe spaces for kids to play ended up dovetailing with some things that were happening at a neighborhood church, Wells Memorial United Methodist Church, which is a real pillar in, in Jackson State. And the organization was incorporated as a separate uh, 501c3 that had its home for, I don't know, uh, maybe 25 years at, at Wells. But when you say a safe place for kids to play, was this kids, white and black kids, or black kids primarily? Yeah, I think primarily black kids, but that neighborhood then was was a, a mixed white and black neighborhood. Um, and, uh, and, you know, as happened again, a lot of urban areas, uh, not just in the South, but across uh, uh, America, there was uh, a lot of white flight out of uh, urban neighborhoods, and that was happening certainly in the 1960s and really was accelerated in, in the end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s with the school um, uh, desegregation uh, that was federally enforced. But but very quickly, the majority service population of the organization after, after it was founded in 1968, 50 years ago, was uh, essentially uh, almost all African-American, and that continues to this day. How has the mission or the focus, or has it changed over the years? I think the mission and the focus has really been the same. How we realize those, how we get to those is, has changed a little bit. We've always focused on creating opportunities for kids and their families, realizing that kids are not discrete entities from from their families uh, and, and, and from their neighborhoods. So um, we've done a couple different kinds of programming, but um, and that's, that's in, involved. Uh, these are a couple things we're not doing today that we did for a long time and did well. That would be early childhood. We ran a couple of uh, daycare centers, um, and we managed a network of home-based daycares. We also ran a, a really significant uh, free clinic, and I actually know about the organization because my, my dad was a volunteer physician back in the 60s and early 70s at, at this clinic. Um, and we've done a couple of other things, but the, a big part of what we've done since our, our founding and continue to do today, and that's really the biggest part of what we do, is after-school and summer programs for school-age kids. And now that involves uh, four-year-olds, pre-K um, through high school. Most of it is focused on elementary and high school now, and, and we're doing more middle school programming or hope to soon. What are the goals or the challenges for 
the next 50 years for Operation Oh, wow. Spring. Gosh. You know, um, we've always worked with um, – uh, with schools, and so I think figuring out a, a more meaningful um, and effective partnership with formal institutions like the schools, uh, working uh, and realizing, you know, sort of building out that we all rise together more strategically and more effectively. Um, uh, um, we one of the things that we're looking at, you know, we are providing direct services here in Jackson to several hundred kids. We're working with our school district. We're working with lots of partners from um, uh, from all the area hospitals, um, lots of the local banks, the Junior League of Jackson, lots of sororities and fraternities, Jackson State, Tougaloo, Millsaps, all that kind of stuff. Really uh, getting everybody on the same page um, is, and, and also as we do that here in Jackson, trying to, to take the best practices from that experience and work with others to um, help develop a statewide network in support of quality, affordable after-school. And that's one of the things we've actually started to roll out over the past year and a half. Um, Mississippi was the last state to develop a statewide after-school network, and um, we were asked to help kind of champion and lead that and, and work with a number of other key partners like Department of Human Services, Department of Ed, um, the Wilbert Hines Foundation, a whole host of others, the Phil Harden Foundation, the Kellogg Foundation, um, just a whole bunch of great uh, entities and people. Um, and, and we're starting to um, build that out and, and try to not so much replicate what, what we think we've got going on pretty well um, right in the heart of Jackson, but also but to be a catalyst for bringing best practices that are appropriate for your community, whether it's Shibuta or Arcola or Tupelo or Greenville or Moss Point or wherever. Robert Langford is the executive director of Operation Shoestring. Happy 50th anniversary. Oh, thank you. Continued success. Visit operationshoestring.org for more information on the program and their 50-year celebration event. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. To see our team's updates throughout the day, follow MPB News on Twitter. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio.